Hello, hello. My name is Jordan, and I'm your host. And today we are joined by a very, very special guest, Jeanette. If you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, you can. Yeah, sure. Hello, everyone. I am Jeanette, and I'm representing Chicago today. I'm an amateur writer and experimenting performance poet, and also a music enthusiast. My interests range from cooking, sports, culture, and a bit of everything in between. And my poems are usually I talk about the dark side of things and around the mental state of me. Awesome! That was a very good intro. I love that. <laughs> okay. So that being said, I will be briefly going over what we'll be talking about within this episode. So we're going to be talking about the introduction of how minorities are treated in India, based on very different aspects such as religion. casteism and gender roles and then we'll be talking about how minorities see themselves and how they feel and lastly we'll be talking about what will happen in the coming years and yeah that'll be the basis of the episode and so we're going to jump right into the rose thorn bud and for those who don't know a rose is a highlight success small win or something positive that happened today or within the last week a thorn is a challenge you experience or something you could use more support with and lastly a bud are some new ideas that have blossomed or, or something you're looking forward to knowing more about or experiencing so Jeanette, if you want to go ahead and do your rose thorn bud just take it away yes yeah, sure Uh, my rose would be I have started doing offline poetry performances, which have always been a dream. I just got done with one right now, and my thorn would be I have been inspiring a lot more than usual, which is kind of making me feel like I'm not enough, and it's not a nice feeling for sure. And the bud would be um, I have been included in quite a few projects, like new projects since my vacations have begun, and it's quite exciting. Awesome! I'm really glad. Um, my for me personally, my rose is that I have more time to relax and let my brain sort of just, you know, sit back and relax and just calm myself down and things like that. But with that, I also have a thorn that comes with it. I have had a lot more time to relax, but also my brain is like. Very anxious about everything that's gonna happen in the future. So it's like I'm trying to relax, trying to calm myself down, but then there's also that lingering voice in the back of my head, like, "Oh my God, what's gonna happen in college? What's gonna happen with just everything else that's going on?" Um, but you know, trying to calm myself down with that. Um, and a bud would probably be, hmm. Actually, we are moving into a new house soon. So, as you guys know, I've been staying in a hotel for a little bit, but now we are finally moving into a new house. So, I will not have to stay in a hotel anymore. So, that's great. <laughs> um, that sounds great. Yeah, it really is. A hotel is never. It's definitely not. Good. <laughs> But um, yeah, we can go swiftly right into the topic at hand, which is the introduction of how minorities are treated in India. So let's talk about the religious aspects of it all. What do you have to say about the religious aspects? All right. Firstly, I would like to start with a small introduction. Like in India, India is surely known for its unity and diversity, but diversity always doesn't bring unity among the people. I would say, um, in respect to religious aspects, India has quite a few religious minorities. Me being a religious minority myself, 
I faced a lot of denial and alienation even though I'm just 17, so age doesn't really matter. It's like the underlying discrimination and overt hate speech or severe actions in cases like those of the hijab rule where girls wearing a hijab were banned to attend school or the speeches delivered openly during rallies which literally threaten the very existence of minorities are indeed quite scary and the worst being people who do it actually get away with it which is not right um, but then uh, people have lost their freedom of speech the freedom to their action or even to just simply practice their religion because nowadays mostly criticism is seen as anti-nationalism and it won't be wrong to say that India is becoming kind of religiously intolerable and this is not only on ground but also online with several people having several opinions on social media which is sometimes it gets quite triggering and baseless so yeah I get that honestly I, I read a lot about India trying to say that they're like this religious like religious like um, what's the word? There's a lot of religious freedom, and with that, freedom, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly. But I feel like when you're trying to, like you said earlier, with diversity, it doesn't come unity. Just because there's laws yeah. in place doesn't mean that there's going to be a lot of unity between the people and social unity and things like that. And I think it's an awful thing, obviously, um, especially with the hijab rule. That was crazy. I was absolutely crazy. Indeed, that was. Yeah. And especially online, you can't really escape online um, people trying to um, create, well, disunity. I don't know if that's even a word, but <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like it's impossible to escape and... It's like, what do you even do in that situation? Especially when you yourself have experienced religious discrimination and you're only 17. Like, how how does that even work? How does that even, like, what if a person was five years old and they're still um, experiencing that sort of religious discrimination and they don't even know exactly. too much about it? Yeah, and that's why it's such a big problem because people don't usually speak up or own up to it because they don't know what to do or what is right. And we'll further talk about it when we talk about the second and the third topics. Right. So, yeah. Here are some statistics as far as uh, religious uh, discrimination goes. A substantial share of Indian adults say they are unwilling to accept members of certain other religions as neighbors. It's like, as neighbors, you're you're just living across from each other. You're living by each other. You don't have anything to do with each other. But you're supposed to be unwilling of other people living, uh, having a different religion and living next to you. It, it shows more, um, what's the word? Uh, segregation, religious segregation. And I have faced it myself. Like, my neighbors practice that as well and it's so annoying and even tomorrow it's like our religious festival it's Eid and I am dreading it because of how they behave with us so it's not always nice of them to do so but then again as you said it's hardly we have an escape right and how do you feel or how what has happened as far as like 
people discriminating against you, like neighborhood-wise? Alright, so they tell us that um, we don't really belong to this particular part of uh, like this particular state in India. I am from Assam. Assam is in the northeast of India. So people usually ask me like, are you Assamese? Which is so annoying because I do belong from here, right? Just because I'm of a different religion doesn't mean I'm not from the state. And that is the most basic and the simplest thing anyone can understand and they fail to understand that. And it it's just the beginning. There's a lot more to it. Wow. Are you asking me? Like, I, of course. I, I'm here. I've been living here the whole time. Like, how are you going to tell me where I'm from? <laughs> what? Exactly. <laughs> That's crazy. But um, there's also most Indians are willing to accept members of other religious communities but practice religious segregation. But So basically what I'm hearing is people are saying that religious um, freedom is great but then practice religious segregation. So you're going, you're flip-flopping on your word. So what really is going on here? <laughs> That's it doesn't crazy. really make sense anymore. It doesn't. It doesn't at all. And I just want to know. I feel like there's so many instances, even in the United States, where people are like, oh yeah, we love gay people, but if it comes into my own household, then it's going to be like awful. Get away. We don't, we're going to disown you. And it's like, what? There's so many instances. Yeah, and it doesn't make sense anymore. <laughs> it doesn't make sense at all. So. There's so many instances of people doing that. But um, just to go over one last statistics, many Hindus, in, uh, many, many Hindus interpret the political shift as a mandate to advance movement toward a Hindu-only na- nation. Have you experienced any of that? Well, whenever we open social media, whenever we see the news, this is all we can see like how it has been slowly dominated and people are segregated and alienated the people from other religion because there have been so many cases against minorities various cases be it murders mob lynching and whatnot and it is very depressing for us as people belonging to the minority to see it and honestly again it's kind of baseless right it's we share this nation it's not only one particular parties or one particular religious um, nation right so if you say you're practicing secularism you should actually practice secularism right that's all i would say exactly and i just find it so crazy that people think that they're above one another person like we're all on this earth just to share the resources, share the intelligence, share everything that's provided. And we all are one. It doesn't matter what minority you come from or how you were raised, how you were born. We all are here just to survive and live. And I don't understand why people are trying to be above one another or try and treat other people differently just because of their religion, because of their race, because of their gender, etc. Even I fail to understand that. Right. And I, it's just all about compassion and empathy, really, at the end of the day. Do you have any yes. other um, things to say about religion and uh, discrimination? Well, there are so many to 
talk about but i guess if we start talking about then we won't be able to complete the other topics <laughs> so i guess we should move on okay so we can talk about casteism so i myself don't know about the caste system so i would love to hear more about that from you sure basically india's caste system is probably the world's longest surviving social hierarchy and it is a complex ordering of social groups on the basis of ritual purity so the scale is basically divided on um, purity and pollution a person uh, is considered to be a member of a caste into which he or she is born and they remain in their caste until their death although the ranking of the caste might vary among regions and over time but they usually cannot change it and they also practice something called endogamy which is like um, marrying within their own caste so that there is no intermingling of castes mm-hmm. and um, as far as caste discrimination is concerned um over time this has been spread across other religions and it's not just hinduism and caste distinctions have been like buried and ruthless in history like lower castes have been through processes like untouchability where even if um like the people who belong to the lower caste their shadow falls on the upper caste people they have to take a bath they are considered impure so things like uh, that have happened in past and even unfortunately even now in some places it it still exists um it has still not been completely approved and there are laws there is better representation in the political sphere over the ages it prevents caste discrimination however it it's not much change in reality and people are still seem to be very much focused on other people's caste and as you said the sense of superior uh, superiority and like they have denied basic rights basic respect and basic necessities people simply like usually ask you your surname because uh, with your surname you can uh, figure out your caste or your religion so they just simply ask your surname to treat you according which is it's so rich right how the how is it fine to treat someone after knowing their caste like if they belong to a superior caste they are like they would be more respectful and if they don't they just treat them as non-human then it's not right and um, people are barred from entering places or not even allowed to marry other castes as I said or in worst case scenarios they have, they have been rapes or murders and even honor killings for caste, inter-caste marriages and stuff like that and yeah there's still a long way to go how do you think that um How do you think that casteism will evolve over time? Well, that's a very tricky question to answer because it has evolved so much like pre-colonial times, post-Vedic times, even if we see the timeline. Um it has went on from being rigid to being not so stiff, like more fluid to again being rigid. And even though in present times people some people don't really care about it because of how they um after generation wise after uh, how they have emancipated themselves or empowered themselves over generations um it has um lowered i would say but not in certain places like in rural areas caste casteism is still practiced and it is to take a lot higher extent than how it is practiced in urban areas but it's everywhere i won't say it's completely gone 
Absolutely. Is it sort of a thing that's kind of pushed under the rug, or do people actively talk about it nowadays? I mean, it's both ways. I would say, people who know about it, they prefer talking about it. But at the same time, it's so normalized. Like asking your caste, treating people according to their caste, it's so normalized here that it's kind of they don't care anymore. It's so simple to them. It's like, oh, it's there. So what? People have started adopting such behavior, and it's very hard to change it when that happens. I get it. I feel like it's so like deep rooted in your history that it's like yes. hard to erase it. Exactly. Oh, wow, I can only imagine, especially uh, when you said they're not allowed to go into certain places. That's crazy. That's that's crazy. That is. That's crazy. Well. Do you have anything else to say about uh, casteism discrimination? Nah, I don't think so. Okay. I mean, again, there, there's a lot to say, but if you start <laughs> speaking about it, then it, it'll go a long way. I see. This is another episode type deal. We gotta talk about this. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, we can talk about gender roles and misogyny and everything that's great. <laughs> Oh yes! Oh my God! I guess this is something not only based in India but everyone around the globe will relate to this. Yeah. Um, talking about gender roles, where here the deep-rooted patriarchy for so many decades or centuries, for that matter, it has often made its way to being like um, generalizing misogyny in everyday life, especially the pyramid structure that goes from like abuse to assault. And it is very evidently seen in India. It uh, be it our family members glorifying men to do the bare minimum, to telling women literally things like what to wear or what is right for them. Um, everything is drowned in misogyny here. Like girls are grown up to uh, think that they always need to have a man in their life, or they need to have a certain body structure, or they are shamed for their choices, talked about if they do something. Socially unacceptable, um, but the thing is, who really makes the, these rules? Right. It's it's like it doesn't make sense. And under this also comes victim blaming, where the victims are seen to be blamed for the abuse or assault they have gone through, or even their slut shame, where women are called slurs or discriminated against, of maybe for how they dress or their choices. And it's funny to hear things like, "Oh, you can." Uh, you can wear such clothes after you get married, or else you won't get a groom if you show too much skin. Or oh, she might be on her period, so she's so moody. Or it's like you have just been more educated. You have started going to school, you and you dare change customs and stuff like that. Right. So it's it's very deep rooted here. I think when it comes to misogyny and like the patriarchy. It's all like centered around men and not considered of how women or women aligning people are feeling. True that, but I also feel like it's women who teach patriarchy to safeguard themselves and like um, save their interests. They spend more on their sons, or they prefer having sons uh, to um, secure their own position in the family, so that they can um, kind of manipulate them 
into keeping their power and authority in the family so i feel like most of the times it's women who target women more than men targeting women but it's the same thing because it's what you see around yourself right uh, how you see uh, people being treated so in your family if your father treats your mother badly you will learn the same thing and you will feel like oh this is normal what's the big deal is this mm-hmm. so yeah Honestly, I definitely agree with you when it comes to women teaching women about uh, misogyny because I've seen so yeah. many instances of women saying, "Oh yeah, don't wear that or something might happen to you." And it's like, how are you going to blame the woman on what she's wearing when you should blame the men on trying to be a predator and trying to prey on that person? Like, I've never understood that logic. Same here. <laughs> um but yeah, I think it's definitely trying to center men on everything. It definitely isn't going to make you understand yourself more, make you understand how you fit a role in the society. Instead, it's making you like uh, be more timid, be more uh, what males want. It isn't what you want at all, and you're going to feel like you're stuck in this box. Um that you're trapping yourself in but it's not even like trapping yourself everybody is going to experience misogyny and it's going to be deep rooted in all laws and the conversation and things like that so it's like you're already trapped inside this own box created by society Um, but when you hear these things from your mother you obviously think it's true you obviously think if you hear those things from your friends you're gonna think it's true so you're even more stuck in this box and it's like what do you even do in this situation yes I completely agree to that yeah it's crazy but um, um, as far as the statistics go police case police cases registered as crimes against women nearly doubled between 2010 and 2019 which is crazy um, and about 9 in 10 Indians agree with the notion that a, a wife must always obey her husband, which is so... It's funny to begin with. It's, it's the most annoying thing that I've ever like heard in my life. And I have to see it every day, all around me, and it's so annoying. Like, why would you even do that? They consider it's it won't be wrong to say that they consider their husbands as gods. It's I not mean, even why? wrong. It's not even wrong. Like they really do consider like men to be one step above them. Like I will never understand that. Same here, even I won't understand that and I still don't. I'm trying to figure out things here to just survive. It's so hard to just live through all this. When you see it happening every day. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's so, like, especially when you can see it yourself, it's so, like, irritating. And it's so, like, why do you not see a problem with this? <laughs> and Exactly. <laughs> How do you unsee such a big problem? <laughs> and I don't know. And the, the men just get so much power in the situation, which... If anything, the women should have power as well. It, it should be equal power, of course. And I yes. don't know. I've never understood it. 
I never understood it. Figuring out seems so blank now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It has no end. Absolutely. It's always going to be so prevalent within the society, and I I don't know how we can dismantle it, but as, as more people speak up about it, hopefully some people yes. who are obeying their husbands will realize that th- there's a big problem here. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully they would. Yeah, hopefully. Like, literally. <laughs> um there is a higher share of adults than in India uh, in India who agree completely with the notion that men should have greater rights to a job than women when jobs are scarce. What is your opinion on that? <laughs> well, this is just jobs. I have seen this in every aspect or, or every field there is. It's not only jobs. Jobs, yes, but even in general, even in class, if you think that um, oh there is a position then you feel like oh I should be doing it like the girls are weaker or something like that if you have to pull a table for example mm-hmm. people would be calling the guys instead of the girls like why? why do you think we are weak? <laughs> why? I've seen that so many times like I've seen so many pe- uh, so many of my teachers be like hey can I get some guys to help me with this table and I'm like the first one to volunteer because I, I, why do we focus on guys? <laughs> oh my god it's so annoying but yeah it's definitely prevalent across so many other fields for sure um yeah with that being said do you want to move on to our next topic yes sure okay so how minorities see themselves and how they feel how do they feel? How do you feel? Yeah, personally, me being a Muslim and a girl, I feel like everything is so uncertain nowadays. We don't know what's up for us. Even in the global scenario or the national scenario, every time I open social media or any news channel, all I get to see is how people are treated so wrong. And I feel like if you're doing wrong to someone, no matter who you are, you don't deserve to be called human. And all the differences at the end of the day kind of make no sense because it's us who divides us and it's not anyone else. The future honestly seems to be very hopeless because even the media here like serials, ads, everything is so biased, so biased and senseless sometimes. And media obviously plays a huge role in any person's life because you imbibe a lot of what you see around you as I said. And there are only a few people who actually come up as change makers or who actually dare to speak against certain things. Others are just silent or they hardly care about things. And it has a huge impact on people mentally as well because you feel so restricted what you try to highlight, right? You feel so restricted, you don't know what's up for you and everything is so uncertain that you're like, oh, I'm going on a loop, how do I get out of this? But even if you want to get out of this, everywhere you go, nowhere it is safe. Where would you run away at the end of the day, right? Even if you do, whether you'll get a job or be safe outside is a huge problem. And it's such that people who are suffering have accepted their fate. And they suffer more because they choose silence. And this is the most terrible thing you can do to yourself, which is choosing silence. And it feels like if you make sense, you have no place. 
and I'm not saying this keeping any particular thing in mind, but in any case, if you talk sense, it's like oh she's talking too much or stuff like that. So they are just shut down. They say no, you don't make sense. So it's kind of it's terrible. Yeah, for sure. Do you think? I think often as a black person myself, it's hard to speak out about black issues because um, I am a black person. So people are going to like not listen to me as much. Do you ever face that same issue? Yeah, even I have been like, um, if I speak about my religion or if I speak about being a girl, people would be like, "Oh, she's so biased." It would be on me instead. She's like, oh, she's always preferring her own religion, or she's just saying this because she's a woman herself. So it's very hard to make people believe or change people's minds because they see it as she's doing for her own good rather than we are doing something wrong. So as far as that doesn't change, it's still there's still a long way to go to change that. And as far as other people also don't come out to speak for us, it it would make no sense if we are the only people screaming for ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's what I was going to ask as well. I feel like when white people talk about black issues, that there's like so much more of an audience that listens to them, and it's like it's both infuriating and <laughs> it's both like helpful. <laughs> like it's so irritating. Yeah. Like oh my god, you're gonna listen to them after we've been talking about this for years, but <laughs> at the same time, it helps the movement actually go, um, actually see progress. You know? Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Um, so, as far as the future goes, what hap- what will happen in the coming years? What do you think? What do you think will happen in the coming years? It's very hard to say what will happen in the coming years because, again, it's so uncertain. But I guess as long as we learn and relearn and fail to repeat the same mistakes or get up and take a stand or speak for ourselves, and also amplify our voices to make others speak for us. It is the only way out of this because there are a lot of fears, like fear of whether you'll be accepted if you speak up, or fear of losing everything you love, or simply the fear of living just one more day, or just like if you'll wake up alive the next day. Sometimes you forget where you belong because everything seems like a misfit. Just trying to run away because the reality reality is so brutal that you'll find it hard for you to fit in the society at one point. Even for today, I would just say that even if one person changes their mind or learns something from this episode, it would be a great deal because that's what we actually need: learned people who learn humanity and not just like textbooks or mainstream education. Because even textbooks can be controlled sometimes. So you need to be very clear of what you are learning and also amplify. Absolutely, I want to agree with the learning part. There's so much like fake news that goes around and tries to damage a certain community, and so many people believe it, and so many f- people flock to it, and just say like this is the truth. And there's so much just dishonesty and hatred and bigotry out there that people are so inclined to listen to. But it's important to definitely just really get down and research more about um, this issue well more about any issue really but this issue specifically um, 
<coughs> yeah, just be sure to do your own research and make sure that the research is actually like suitable, very accurate, very non-biased, and everything like that. And of course, try and amplify your voice as much as possible, as Jeanette said. Yeah. Do you have any last thing to say before we close out this episode? Well, I would just say that never fear to speak up and never uh, lose your voice because that's the only power you have which nobody can snatch away from you. So use that wisely and make sure you do something in life that you will be proud of if not anyone else. Awesome. Awesome. I definitely agree. Okay. So we're going to close out this episode. Forever Blooming does have a website. It is foreverbloompod.org. You can find us on tw- Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook, all at Forever Blooming Org, or Twitter on Forever Bloom Org. And you can find Fulmer where? They, uh, they can find Fremur at uh, Instagram. They can find it on LinkedIn. And I guess on Twitter as well, at Fremur World. Awesome. And do you want to add your social media as well? Yeah, my social media is underscore uh, Jannat underscore, and you can find me on Instagram. There we go. And the research for this episode is in Forever Blooming's website and our podcast section. Our podcast guest form, if you want to be up on our podcast, is also in our podcast section. If you want to, uh, if you want your advice featured in your in one of our episodes, you can fill out our audience spotlight form. And our email is management at foreverbloompod.org. Let us know your thoughts, questions, and how we can improve the podcast because we love hearing from you. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe, rate us on Spotify, and share with your friends if you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to check us out on fborg.card.co, and that is card with two R's for all of our easy, accessible links. And have a great day, afternoon, or night whenever you're listening to this. Thanks for tuning in.